Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life, and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. My guest today is a chef with over 20 years' experience. Having earned recognition whilst working under Michelin-starred chefs, he is now culinary director of one of London's leading hotels. Earlier this year, he opened his own Sicilian-inspired restaurant, to which he has received rave reviews. He has written four cookbooks, each delicious as the last, with the latest taking inspiration from his travels in Spain and Italy, and specifically the influence of the Moorish culture and cuisine. I'm thrilled to welcome him to the studio. It's Ben Tish. Hello, how are I'm, you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. So where have you come from today? Um, I've just come from work, which is at the minute uh, Norma, which yep. is a, a Sicilian restaurant I opened about five weeks yeah. ago, six weeks ago, something like I that mean, in total. It's, yeah. it's, it's a baby. It's a newborn. It is. Yes, it's a newborn and with all the uh, symptoms that come with a, a, yeah. new, a newborn. No, it's 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 good. It's um, We're ex- incredibly busy, which is a good a good thing to have, but it, we just haven't really been able to take a step back since we've, yeah. we've opened and kind of debrief and you know it's just been a constant uh flurry f- constant flurry of people really Which is not a bad problem no it's a good it's a it's a, it's a very good problem um and yeah it's been good you know we've had as you said we had we've had some good reviews which always helps yeah thumbs up from the fair yeah. giles was happy yeah giles and uh yeah, the telegraph we've got a couple more to come but i think you know i know that area well fitzrovia you know yeah before that um before the staff that I was involved with Salt Yard Group and Salt Yard on Goose Street. So, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've kind of worked around that area for years. Mm. And it's just, if you get it right, I think it's it's just about making sure you tick all the boxes. So, obviously, yes, it's Charlotte Street. It's very central, but it's also very residential and village-like. Mm-hmm. It's probably That's like so- Soho was maybe, yeah. I don't know, 20 years ago, something like that. And so we're already getting a lot of repeat custom. Great. Um you know, they've got money to spend, but they want incredibly good value. So I think, you know, all those things are important. And like Sunday nights, you know, we get a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of the residents wow. coming okay, in on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah it's, re- it's, it's a really... Because Soho's inter- pretty dead on a Sunday night. It's not so, even open, half I, of them. That, exactly that. So I think, you know, there's people, you know, there's a lot of people that live around Fitzrovia. And I guess they may be away at the weekend and come back on Sunday night. But yeah, Sunday nights, we've really seen that. It's quite interesting. So for people that haven't been yet, mm. can you talk us a little bit kind of about the menu? You know, why should we go? Yeah, so Norma is... Um, so basically, I've always been... Uh, for the past 15, 16 years, Mediterranean food has been my thing. Um, uh, and, you know, focused on Spain and, and Spain and Italy. And I guess as the, you know, I've kind of veered between the two and whatever I found, you know, found most interesting from traveling. 
uh, and the latter the latter years I've spent more time in Italy and the south of Italy and so I really love that kind of part of the world um, and obviously Sicily is the food is so diverse in Italy food, isn't it like north yeah, south and yeah incredibly central Italy it's yeah yeah in- incredibly and you know um, you mentioned the book my latest book Moorish which was so I'm, I'm really fascinated by the the the, the, the Arabic influence mm-hmm. on 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 Spain, but also very much Sicily, and you know Sicily is less less known of that. You know, it's when people you say Moorish influence, people automatically assume Andalusia, Spain, mm-hmm. um, but it's very much in Sicily as well, particularly on the west coast, where really, in Tunisia. So I spent time around there, and you know, and uh, the book was part about that. But I wanted to open a restaurant around that, so. Um, it, uh, the concept is 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 Sicilian with these more kind of Moorish influences, um, but don't expect authentic. There, there, okay. There's a, there's a, a yeah. few authentic things thrown in there, but it's my it's kind of my spin on it really. Mm-hmm. So the decor is is um, uh, very North African. There's a okay. North, you know, in terms of the tiles, um, but then we've smattered it also with some. Uh, kind of quite grand cafe style Sicilian elements as well. So there's lots of marble. Nice. Um, so it's a real kind of mix actually, but it just, I think it I think it sits quite well together. Um, we do a lot of crudo, which is very popular Delicious. in the south of Italy and Sicily. We have a crudo bar. So having a bit of a crudo moment, London, I it, think, it, at the it, moment. It, yeah, very much got so. Floor, you've got yeah, kind of yeah, bright, yeah, have yeah, always yeah, been doing crudo. Yeah, red prawns all yeah, over yeah. the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we, um, but we, yeah, we do quite a bit on them. We're developing it. We've got our crudo bars in the window, so we've got this beautiful marble crudo yes, bar. Yes, I've read about And yeah, you know, we do the red prawns. We've got, um, we do. I've got a hake crudo on at the minute that's kind of with dates and almonds and yeah. uh, um, a kind of mascarpone. Uh, I did a I did a uh, razor clam crudo today with kind of fennel and um, what else was it with? With fennel and uh, like green citrus, like green, uh, Sicilian green clementines. That oh, are d- yeah, delicious. Yeah, so that kind of thing. You did so a that, granita with that as well recently. I did a granita Stalking with that. Yeah, yeah, those. Um, yeah, those. Those. They're beautiful. They sell them in my corner shop. Oh really? I mean, I have a great corner shop. Yeah, but, I was going to say yeah. they're quite. It's not. It's more of like a grocer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so we get them from from the tour, but they're they're fantastic. Um, so yeah, the crudo is a big thing, and then we have it all kind of out for people to see, and it's, it's, it's there's that. But then we also do pasta, of course, um, but quite limited. But we we, we only have mm-hmm. three or four pasta dishes on at a time, but we, we try and do it quite well. Yeah. Um, so we, for example, um, we use strapazetti as one of our pastas, which is priest's collar. So it's an unusual kind of rolled shape, and we do it with a, a pork ragu, but flavoured with uh, mint and orange and wow, uh, anchovies, okay. yeah, uh, and a tiny bit of cumin. So you know, there's those flavours that, that you wouldn't find. You wouldn't probably find that ragu necessarily in Sicily, but you would find the flavours. And so yeah, you there's know, a real like Middle Eastern meets meets kind of ex- Italy. Ex- exactly, exactly yeah. that. Um, and you know, things like. Uh, we do a, we do a ricotta ravi- ricotta and lemon ravioli, but we do it with uh, a pistachio pesto. Pistachios are huge in, Delicious. you know, it's hu- huge huge in Sicily as yeah. they are in you know kind of North Africa and so on. So yeah, things like that, and then um, lots of sherry bits. You know, we talked about small plates earlier, but we do have that. But we also have big you know nice big main plates as well. Um, desserts we do cannolis and we do the, the Yum. famous all the brioche. things yeah all, all the nice all things, the things. Brioche, think... brioche sandwiches ice Yum. cream sandwiches and things like that so Yum. yeah yeah. so yeah we do we, we take we take some well known bits from Sicily add a spin to it and then add some un- unusual bits on onto it as well that we've I've created so in yeah. the six weeks that you've been open do you think you can see a kind of 
top dish or kind of the dish, yeah, yeah, the yeah, most yeah, popular yeah. one. So the most, I'd say the most popular one. I mean, there are, I have to say there are a few, but it just springs to mind these spaghetti fritters that we do. Yeah, which you've got a recipe in your book as well for them. No, I don't think is there, there is. No, the, no, there isn't. Um, hopefully, when if I do another book, they will be in there. But it's, but basically, they are. Um, it's again. This is actually quite a traditional thing, but it's it, it it's basically leftover spaghetti, mm-hmm. um, or that's what it would it's have been. What we like. That's zero, what, yeah. a bit of zero waste. Yeah, zero Good. waste. We actually, yeah, and and what's this, basically it's we mix it. We kind of luxuriate it. We mix the the, uh, the leftover spaghetti with chicken stock, butter, and parmesan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then kind of scroll them, and yeah. then and then press put them on a tray and press them overnight so they kind of set flat and get yeah. and th- and then we deep fry them basically Perfect. and then Yum. deep fry them great loads of parmesan and over dip it. them with a parmesan cream and there's a parmesan cream it? as well yeah. so so I think I was menu stalking yeah so, yeah so they are. I mean, what's not to like, basically? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yum. So, so they're so they're they're pretty popular. It's going to be a hit. We go we go through quite a lot of those. We've got a nice arancini on. That's a popular and deep fried. People love deep fried. Yeah, stuff, people. Don't they? Yeah, that's I mean, true. they do. So deep fried. Uh, the arancini is nice, but we do it with kind of like a a molten centre of like a mushroom ragu. So when you cut out, it's a saffron arancini. Yeah. You cut it open, and then there's like this mushroom rich mushroom ragu in the middle that kind of comes out Oozes. fondant, like a bit like a fondant type yeah. thing. Um, and then yeah, the crude yeah the crudo is popular. The cannoli is the ice cream. This brioche ice cream sandwich that we is a, a Sicilian breakfast thing. Really, mm-hmm. so you, you know the granita and yeah. the ice in the brioche, but we do it with we kind of make it a bit, a, a, I suppose, a bit lighter and a bit more Londony. I suppose mm-hmm. salted caramel ice cream, chocolate sauce in, and then people yeah. kind of eat super light. Yeah, yeah, it's super, oh, super, yeah, light. super yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect yeah. on your on your, your <laughs> wedding diet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's go back a bit. Yeah. Is there a kind of particular early food memory that you can think back on? Perhaps, maybe perhaps something that kind of served as an inspiration for choosing a career in, in uh, food? Um, I think my, uh, I suppose my, so my family are, so I'm originally from Skegness in Lincolnshire, mm-hmm. and um, which is like a seaside tourist kind of town, like, you know, classic northern seaside town. And so my parents had a business or they still do it's like in the family like fish and chips and that kind of thing right. and so so there was always an element of food flying around and my parent my mum was also a school teacher so we, we were she was so busy so when she wasn't teaching she was working in the business and so I kind of hardly saw my parents when I was very young and spent a lot of time uh, with my gran and so uh, so straight from school I'd go and stay I'd go straight to my grands who lived at the back of our house like in his granny flat and she was a um, basically I'm half Jewish so she's a Jewish grandmother basically mm-hmm. so she used to cook big feeders big feeders and but the most amazing cook and even now I remember anything she made was absolutely delicious whether it was like a cheese and pickle sandwich or you know she used to do she wasn't orthodox she wasn't an orthodox yeah, yeah. so she used to do like ham egg and chips yeah. or um or like cod with parsley sauce, like quite old, yeah. But everything she made was delicious, and I, I, I think I recognised that at that at an early age. Mm-hmm. And then when I'd probably have, you know, on the odd occasion, my mum would cook. I'd be like, "What's this?" Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so my parents, you know, they, they they weren't particularly great cooks. They liked food, but they weren't good. They weren't good cooks. Yeah, and they're so busy, I guess. Yeah, they're so busy. But I, it was noticeable. So I, I think, you know, that definitely formed part of it. And you know. And she also used to do lots of um, pickles and things like that. So yeah, it'd always delicious. be like pickled onions or pickled cucumbers. Mm-hmm. And so there was always loads of that around that she used to make. 
and she made everything from scratch. And I don't know, so I, you know, I'd go in and she'd always be making something or you know, suet dumplings and this kind of thing. But like I say, everything was delicious. So I think that's my early, that, and that was probably from the age of when I went to start going to school, five till eight or nine when you know, and the things changed then. But that definitely formed what I knew that was hunger. basically, yeah, hunger, but what was good. Yeah, somebody made, some, made something that wasn't you, I knew I could just you tell knew. Yeah, I just, yeah. that's not as good that's yeah, not yeah, as okay. good it wasn't seasoned yeah, yeah. Or, you know. taste it gave you she gave yeah. you taste like, yeah taste exactly and that you know that things and she obviously made things with love as well mm-hmm. I mean I know that sounds a bit cliche but she did no, she no, was it's making important. it for me and family and I could you could you could tell that so um so yeah so I think yeah spending a time time with my a lot of time with my gran as a as a youngster yeah and what was it that kind of led you into the kitchen? What was your first job in the kitchen? Um, so I did a little bit working for my parents and then... Um, in the fish and chips? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That didn't really like it. And I never thought at that stage, which was kind of like early teens, that I'd get into catering. Yeah. It wasn't even on my radar. And I was at school and I did my A-levels and that was it was I think it was always going to be that thought about an academics mum was a school teacher yeah yeah and after I was like I just don't want to do you know I don't want to go to university or anything like that so I had a year out just kind of dossing around basically and and then I met a friend so we were talking about the betterment Jason Alders. Jason's good good friend of mine mm-hmm. we um he was from he's from Skegness as well and so he'd was a few years older than me and he moved um he, he he'd had a spell in london working for like marco pierre white and pierre yeah. kaufman very very early on and then moved back to skegness for a while um i think he'd kind of slightly burnt himself out and he was young anyway i bumped into him or we got chatting and uh and he started telling me about london you know london and, and all this kind of thing and chefing and uh, sounded really interesting so i think i thought right i'm gonna i might you know, become yeah, a chef. A yeah, just, just you know, simple as that. And I think I was also looking for an excuse to move out of Skagness and move to London. Mm-hmm. I was dying to move to London. You know, bright lights yeah, yeah. and all that kind of thing. Um, and then, um, and then, so I ended up at going to catering college. Yeah. Um, whilst I was still staying with my parents, did about six months there. Did not like it at all. I mean, it was pretty grim. That catering college in Lincolnshire. I mean, it was. Yeah. Pre- it was pretty. It was pretty dismal. Um, and uh, but then, Jay- but then Jason said, "Look, if you really want to move to London and get into chef, I, c- I can get you in like somewhere um, and just blag it, basically." So he got my first job at the Ritz. Best jobs are always blagged. Yeah, yeah, Love blagged. It. First you know, job a- at the Ritz. Absolutely, Brilliant. completely unqualified yeah. to do it. You know, and could barely, you know, well, I could hold a knife, but that was, <laughs> that was about it. Um, so he knew somebody there, and I moved. You know, kind of, it was one of those with my kind of knapsack come about and yeah. moved to London and. Oh god, it was such a shock to the system. I bet. Yeah, you know. What were you doing? You weren't you so you, you were you straight in the kitchen? You straight, weren't a no, KP. No, no were... straight straight in the kitchen, but chopping but, things. But and stuff. very there's a huge hierarchy. I don't know if they exist anymore, but it was like third commie. Mm-hmm. So it was like third commie, second commie. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was about I don't know, eighty chefs in the kitchen. Wow, okay. And I was straight on the larder section, um and one of my jobs was to do the afternoon tea sandwiches at the Ritz with Palmer. So they do a lot of afternoon tea sandwiches. So I had to make those, these kind of long loaves of bread that you have to stack up. And yeah, so I had to do that. That was a daily job. And then I looked after the room service. I was doing kind of did the salads for the room service and did a lot of tidying of the fridges and things like that. Yeah. Did you get weird requests from the room service there? Um, I bet they have some interesting guests staying there. Yeah. Well, yes, we did. We Well, I, I mean... 
yeah, we did. We did get some. I, can't, I mean, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we did. I mean, we we certainly used to get because um, I used to have to work through the night as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. I used to have to do the night shift, and used to get some weird things happening yeah, like three, three o'clock in the morning, and like you know, all of a sudden you'd get like, you know somebody order like you know i don't know 10 different types of sa- you know salads <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning it's like it's a bit weird drunk girl yeah exactly that it's, it's kind of weird um but yeah did that and then and i was there for a couple of years and yeah. i got moved on to the vegetable section which was marginally more interesting mm-hmm. turning vegetables as you used to yeah. in those days and then um so i did that and then jason had moved back to london and you know and so i stayed in touch with him and he started a restaurant called coast which was just over the road from the ritz on albemarle street okay uh, which um, was an Oliver Payton. Oliver Payton mm-hmm. opened it, a, a most incredible restaurant. So I, he moved there. I left the Ritz, worked there, and then all of a sudden it was kind of like this moment where I realised, right, because th- those two years at the Ritz didn't really enjoy it. I thought it was like, you know, I better stick at it, but I didn't, you yeah. know, didn't really like it. But moved to Coast, um, and it was the most fantastic restaurant. I mean, it's not, obviously not there now, but it was a groundbreaking restaurant. So was he head chef there? Was Jason it? was sous chef there. Okay, so, okay. And, the, you know, there was the likes of Dan um, Dan Leopard, who's an amazing yeah. baker. He was on there. Steve Terry was the head chef. Yeah, cool. Um, and it was because Oliver Payton um, owned it, and at the time it was all like all the young Brit- British artists used to come in there. It was a real kind of... Um, it was the, the very, very fashionable restaurant and connected to the Atlantic Bar and Grill mm-hmm. that he owned as well. I did two years there, but the food was amazing and I really fell, fell in love with food and, and, and got passionate about it there. It was a really nice team and I was properly cooking and yeah. did, did about two and a half years there and then moved on to other places. But that was, that for me, that was the, that was the place where I thought, right, this is my career and you know I fell in love with it yeah so. and you knew that was it that was it yeah from there it was fantastic and then you've just gone on I've just gone on yeah worked at um, I worked for Marcus Waring for a bit yeah uh, which was okay didn't, yeah I mean it was intense as well very it's a very inti- specific kind of kind of food I guess yeah very specific time and it was very intense mm-hmm. I mean it was his first head chef position this was going back quite a few years and he was very young he was like 27 he just won a Michelin star and he was very kind of um, full on should I say mm-hmm. so, so I did a bit with that but it was, I thought it was a bit intense for me and then I worked again with uh, Jason at a place called Frith Street Restaurant um, which was his first head chef thing where he, he, he won a star and then then um I ended up at a restaurant called El Duca, which was part of the same company as Frith Street Restaurant. It was an Italian restaurant. Um, and the head chef there, and I actually just went to, to help out while we were waiting for something else. Um, and I, uh, and then this Italian restaurant just blew me away because it was just very unlike, it's very like lots of restaurants now, but unlike any restaurant back those years ago where it was all kind of Michelin and things mm-hmm. like that. It was very seasonal, very simple, all about all about the ingredients. Much more about the, the, the kind of the way you cook now. Yeah, I guess. Ex- exactly yeah. that. And again, again, that was another turning point for me. Yeah. It's like, right, well, I'm not going to go back and work in uh, this is this rigid is the, system. Yeah, this is the direction I want to go in. And you know, seasonality then was you know relatively new thing. Mm. You know, in London restaurants. You know, even so funny that isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, exactly. But they were all about you know it was just naturally seasonality. Yeah. You, know, you know, we weren't using tomatoes in the winter and you know all that kind of thing. And that's that that rich. So that was. Where, we, where I went from there, yeah. So 
So let's chat a little bit about supper. Do you yeah. like to entertain? I mean, you cook a lot, you know. Do, when Do you like to entertain? Yes, I do like to entertain, yeah, I do. I... Um, I have, yes, I haven't done it for for a, <laughs> for a while, while, for a while. But yeah, I, no, I do. I like I, I love to entertain. And me, me and my wife like to entertain. You know, she likes to make. She's a great cook as well. Yeah, You're re, she's a really good cook actually. Um, so she'll kind of do maybe do part of it, but she'll make the you know the, the dining table look beautiful and so nice. On. Yeah, no, I I, like, I love it. I so really if you had all the time in the world, what would you, what would kind of if I came to your house for supper, what what would it be? Would there, do you pull out all the stops? So there canapes and cocktails? No, no, nothing like that. I mean, there might be a cocktail. Yeah, probably cool. a martini. Nice, that's kind of that's like a martini. <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, but no, it's very. I like to make it as easy as possible. So don't bother with. It's generally not even really a starter. There might be a dessert, but it yeah. would be. Very much family style, and I get people to help themselves. So nice. I cook, you know, um, you know, I like to do things like uh, shoulder of pork or a leg of pork that maybe on potatoes, cooked with some milk as well, mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing, and that, lots of seasonal vegetables, roasted potatoes with garlic and thyme, and then just have it all out on the on the side of the kitchen, and people just come and help right. help themselves. And then maybe, you know, um, I don't know, like a lemon or orange tart with some mascarpone. So, you know, it's a game that people can just come and help mm-hmm. themselves. So I do it like, you know, very very simple. I do, we grow a lot of vegetables at home. So I've got quite a big garden at home that we... So nice. So... Yeah, I, hope, often, I read you're a bit of a gardener, don't yeah, you? Yeah, a bit, a bit. I mean, I've kind of taken my foot off the gas with that of late, but... <laughs> well, I mean, the weather's, it's a bit, it's all a bit grim at the moment, it's, isn't it? It's it, it, it is. not much happening. It is, but um, my... I, my I, the idea I have is to be this kind of, you know, all yeah, self-sufficient. I want to be kind of a bit of a Nigel yeah. Slater. In, yeah. but I don't know if that's actually good. I, <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. With, the, with your with your with your dog, what you called Piglet. Piglet. Yeah, Piglet. yeah, yeah. Great name. Yeah, is yeah. that is that from Winnie the Pooh? Is that where it comes from? No, it's because he it's because of his. Um, well, he's a French bulldog, so. Uh, French bulldogs, so he snorts a lot. So there's that, <laughs> but he's also got this tail that is kind of like this curly pig's tail. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And he's just he's very, a French bulldog, he, yeah, isn't he? He's just yeah. very, very pig-like. Okay. So in many ways, so it was the ideal name for him. Love it. Um, but yeah, no, but love and say, but I just make it very easy, and it will, it, and it would be very simple, just like a roast chicken with lemon and thyme, you know, simple and then family. just have it, and then people, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And what about kind of mess ups? Because I think it happens even to kind of the best of us. Perhaps not when you're entertaining, but maybe when you were cooking on a job or something. Has there ever been a time where things, you know, where you really thought shit, and then obviously you got your way out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think the only um, one thing that sticks with. So I did spend some time. I mean, this isn't. A, it was an accidental mess up, but I so I spent some time um, also in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of years up in this hotel. Uh, called the Crinan Hotel, which is the most amazing place on the west coast of Scotland. It's like right on the, right on the, um, right, which right on the coast overlooks Loch Crinan. You can see all the islands and uh, all the. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. But so I spent some time there. But it was quite an old hotel, and parts of it were dilapidated. And they had this um, uh, old sprinkler system throughout the hotel, ancient sprinkler system. That all the all the um, ends and things were sealed up with wax. And it was anyway. It's cut, cut to the chase. Um, in the summer, it was incredibly busy in in the hotel. In the winter, it was absolutely dead. So very, very busy. You know, kind of full people falling. You know, there's was, was also lots of yachts around there. So anyway, we we're in this. Um, I was in in this service, or just at the beginning of a service, fully booked restaurant, fully booked bar, hottest day of the year, and I was kind of cooking away and you know getting everything ready and all that. And then all of a sudden. All the lights went out, and this sprinkler system that was all throughout the kitchen burst. So all the wax had melted, God. 
and obviously this system hadn't been used for like I don't know 50 years <laughs> so all that came out was this kind of black oh, water <laughs> and quite thick water that was kind of all, all over the kitchen all over my mise en place oh, no. and everything and lights went out and it put everything out and so I was left then with like I don't know probably about a hundred people all in wondering what they were going to do for dinner and in the end I'd, 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 we had to barbecue so basically oh, okay so yeah. you did because I well, would have just been like sorry guys go out yeah, for fish and well, chips well no I, well the thing is you, there's nowhere, there's nowhere to, go. to go it okay. is literally miles and miles from anywhere it's remote so sandwiches it, you could pull out the sandwiches could again could have done sandwiches could yeah. have done sandwiches but anyway we got the barbecue up and the stuff that hadn't been covered in anything which were in the walk-in fridges mm-hmm. we just kind of chucked on there and so on but that was well, that, that, there was, that was a very frightening moment I can imagine yeah and um, yeah really frightening moment yeah I still dream about that yeah so. my gosh uh, yeah. nightmares yeah nightmare and what about your best dining experience? I'm sure you've eaten fabulous food. Yeah, I've eaten. Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough to. to I mean, I do eat out a lot. I, I think I eat out less than I used to, and that's not just with Norma. But I, I, I think. Um, that's interesting that you eat out rather than, you know, eating. Because I, I know a lot of chefs who don't really eat out because they don't yeah, really have the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I think I make it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I do eat in as well. But I, I try to keep abreast of what's going on. Yeah, so, I think it's important and it's inspiring. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I always encourage my chefs to do so. I guess when things are normal, I'll probably eat out once a, once a mm-hmm. week at least. A good, you know, somewhere somewhere new. Um, and um, but I guess my most memorable eating out experience would probably not have been in this country. It would. Mm-hmm. I, th- it, I always go back to the same thing. It was a place called Echibari, which is in um, the Basque country in Spain. Mm-hmm. Which uh, it's 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 in between. Um, are you, have you have you heard of it? You, no. So it's in between San Sebastian and Bilbao. It's got, it's got a Michelin star, but basically it's a, uh, a restaurant where they cook everything over charcoal and wood and and, you know this restaurant has been going for donkey's years I think about 40 years and the guy who is still the head chef there this guy called Victor some kind of Basque name I can't remember what it is but he's basically been there since he was a kid almost and um he they he makes all the grills himself he's got he cuts down yeah he's he's absolutely completely involved in the process and all these restaurants like Brat and all that yeah this is all influenced by okay, this guy yeah and it's called Etchberry and it's it's still in, I think it's one of the world's 50 best I think it's still in there but it's the most incredible experience and it's in the middle of nowhere backs up onto this mountain and you're kind of sat there and, he, and you can look in the kitchen and they're there there's about four of them in the kitchen and they're just cooking everything over wood and it's just so controlled and expertly done yeah and like these things, like you know, he'll put oysters on the grill at such a level, and just so they just open, and just start to foam, wow. and, and everything's got this amazing lick of smoke. Yeah. Um, but really well done. It's in, it's it, no room for error as well. I always think no, that way of yeah. cooking that you have to no, be so precise. Yeah, you? you've got to be so precise. And intuitive. Intuitive. You know, yeah, exactly. No room for error. There's no water baths or yeah, anything yeah. like that. It's all you know. He's doing it, and he's in there in the morning kind of loading up the kit, you know. Brilliant. They, yeah, it's, it's the most incredible experience, so I really recommend that. Okay. Um, and, the, and to get there, it's a real nightmare to get there. And you go through this Basque countryside where it's all proper staunch Basque, um, you know, uh, countrymen there and they've all got their flags out and it's 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 a bit it's a bit weird actually but, but, but <laughs> yeah it's a bit weird yeah but um, but highly recommended yeah it's, okay. it's the best dining experience I've had okay good noted I want to chat a little bit more about your cookbooks 
And Moorish. When did Moorish come out? Because it's also very new. Yeah, fe- yeah, re- it's been yeah, a busy, uh, busy last few months has, for you. It has. Yeah, yeah. Moorish came out at the end of April. Yeah. So I've got it. I've, in fact, I bookmarked. It's the shrimp and cumin fritters. Shrimp and cumin fritters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. also it is simple. Because I, I looked at it and I was like, I can nail it. Yeah. I could totally do that. Um, and I, I, I wanted to ask: Are, are your books kind of? Are they aimed at kind of the experienced cook or are they aimed kind of at the home cook? No, home home cook. Yeah. Um, definitely, and I think because people get you know frightened about buying books yeah, by kind yeah, of chefy yeah. chefs. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think when you know, and talking to when we talk, we're talking about more to my publisher. It was I think they wanted a, a more of a, a home cook book. Yeah. From a commercial perspective, but I I wanted to do that because you know I don't particularly you know restaurant cookbooks. I mean some of them are just so far removed from what you yeah. what, you know what I mean they just become something Scale that your you look at. And stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly that. So yeah, no. So it's very it's. There are some recipes that require more, I wouldn't say more skill, but a bit more planning and mm-hmm. time. You know, there isn't anything Waiting there time. that's, you know, overly complicated. You know, the recipe, there's some bread in there. So, you know, some people are a bit afraid of bread, but there yeah. are different breads. There's a brioche in there as well, isn't yeah, there? There's the some brioche, stuff in there. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly that. But there's nothing that is not achievable at home. Yeah. And, there, you know, and there are alternatives to some of the more unusual ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to make it as accessible as possible, you know, and you can... Yeah, there are recipes in there that take ten minutes, and there's some that you you need a weekend yeah. to do where you marinate it. On it. Yeah, so but but yeah, I think I've tried to make I've tried to make it quite. It's accessible. a beautiful book. Thank you. Yeah, um, really lovely. So for all the home cooks out there, mm. what three ingredients do you advise to always have in the cupboard? Three ingredients in the cupboard. Um, in the kitchen. Actually. In the kitchen. It doesn't have to be in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it can be in the freezer. It can be anywhere. So. Um, Slightly boringly, maybe, but sea, molden sea salt. Not boring. Nothing yeah. is boring. Molden sea salt. I love even at you know work at home. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I have. And I, I think I've just learned to. That is, I, I can't season with any other salt. Yeah. I just can't. Well, because all salt has their different yeah. varying levels of saltiness, yeah. which people sound. It sounds when you're trying to speak to someone. Yeah, I know. Your yeah. Mouth. But I totally agree with you. Yeah, I can't use. Yeah. You know, if you try and season yeah. with, it's very yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Can't, so so modern salt. Uh, lemons, yeah. lemons, and lemon juice. Certainly, I put lemon juice on everything, mm-hmm. everything, even if it's just, it's a little bit or a lot. You know, even even a, if I cook a steak at home and and take it off and rest it, I'll rest it with a, a little bit of lemon juice on mm-hmm. it. I just love that, um, and I just think it just adds a bit of acidity. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely that. It's like salt, fat, acid, heat, isn't it? Yeah, and then um, I guess olive, uh, extra virgin mm-hmm. olive oil, and I probably use too much of it. You know, I can use, you use too much olive oil? Well, I, I think from, from from a money perspective, okay. my, certainly my 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 GPs and how much <laughs> my my wife kicks me about it. But yeah, I use extra. I use and I've I've got a a passion for it. So I'll buy. I'll you know I always buy have. Good oil. Yeah, I like kind of planet, the Planeta extra virgin olive oil and okay. things like that. And I'm just uh, get it over everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I love I love extra and I and cooking with it as well. Yeah, even. Yeah, you know, if I do kind of like uh, oven kind of chips and things like that, you cook it. Well, I think it makes a difference when you cook in good oil. Big you time. Know. Yeah. Not when you're obviously not when you're deep frying. Yeah, exactly. Um, Don't get it too hot. But yeah, I always do. Um, even like my roast roast potatoes Sunday lunch, I'll do in olive oil as mm-hmm. opposed to like Spanish or Italian olive oil. Um, Italian. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, no. I, I, well, okay. I like both actually. Italian. Um, like I say, I like the the paletta one. Yeah. I mean, I do like Arbequina olive oil, mm-hmm. which is the Spanish one. I think that's really good. Um, 
yeah, kind of depends really. Yeah. Depends yeah. on depends on the mood. On the mood, yeah. And if you could have anyone in the world to your ultimate dinner party, alive or dead, who would you have and why? Three people. You're Three allowed. people. Um, I would have my wife certainly because she's nice, she, so lovely. Because she would be um, very upset, mortified, <laughs> mortified, and she's also very good company. So um, good. And, and and she yeah she keep me in line as well. Lovely. Uh, um, I think I'd, I'd have my gran. Yeah. Who's dead now? I mean, she she died when she was she was had a long old age. Uh, she died when she was 102. Actually, it's my gran wow. that, that cooked for she me. She got a letter from the Queen. She got a letter from the Queen. Yeah, and, and I don't so know. Did she see you? Kind of, you know, did she see your career? Not really. A bit, no. I think she no, because uh, unfortunately, towards the latter end, she kind of went slightly, yeah. you know, understandably. But um, did she? I think she, when I went to college, okay, I think cool. she knew that I was kind of going to get into that. But then that was kind of the end of it. But yeah, I, I mean, she was she was a real hoot, yeah. and you know, she lived to 102, and she drank and smoked, yeah, you brilliant. know, all, all her, yeah. you know, like so. She lived. Mate, yeah, she lived. She she really lived. She was brilliant. Uh, and then who else would I like? Um, so I've got my grand. I've got that. I think it would be. Um, uh, I think I would have to say my mum. Who? Um, so it's a family thing. Nice. My mum di- died it's a, a couple table of, of women. Yeah, mum died a couple of years ago. So um, pr- very prematurely. That mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so I think it would definitely be her. And she, she is, was the life and soul of the party. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So, uh, and they all got on really well. And you know, particularly my wife and my uh, my mum got on well. So, yeah, family and um, and females. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Yeah. That's so nice. Last question because I just I love asking chefs <laughs> this, but and because you said you eat out. Where are you eating right now? Where's good to eat? Where's good to eat? Norma, obviously. 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 I still haven't been. I'm going to, I'll, I'll be yeah. there soon. Um, Norma's good to eat. Uh, I do like, um, I, and this is more of an experience and fun. I, I do like what um, Gloria and Circulo Popularia are doing. Yeah, nice. Um, I think it's, it's fresh, isn't it? It's it's genius. Yeah, yeah, I would it's say. so fun. I think we needed it. We needed something the opposite of straight yeah, back. Ex- we need, exactly, it's like flamboyant. Exactly that. It's flamboyant, you know, and it's just about the whole experience, yeah, isn't it? it is. And you know, and I just think Victor, uh, Victor, who's yeah. the, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of know him a bit, and I, I just think he, they are, they've just got onto really something yeah. fantastic. Um, where else is good to eat? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, uh, let me see. I mean, I do like Brat. Yeah. Um, that was the last kind of really decent place I've, I've been to um, this year. They got a mission. Yeah, well, they got you? a mission. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 really good, and I love the I love the restaurant mm-hmm. and the space and everything like that. Um, and I also really like um, two other places. I live in East London, so it's kind of I try to stay out the West End. Yeah, yeah. So I really like Leroy. Yeah. Um, and I also really like Bright. Bright's great. Yeah, Bright's yeah. great. And I think they, their pasta's really good at yeah. Bright. I think they do a fantastic pasta. All the East spots. Yeah, they're great. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I work, you know, living, sorry, working in the West End, it's... It's 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 good, but uh, it's seven days a week. Cause, mm-hmm. you know you need that kind of just stay away from yeah. it. So it's um, but yeah. Well, thank you so much. That was Pleasure. brilliant. Thank, thank you very much. On. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends round for supper. This has been a Studio Seventy One production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.